Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus chapter 3, and we've been here really the last three days, and we're going to continue with it this morning, and uh, as I said last night, we're going to be covering really the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the uh, deliverance of Israel out of Egypt this morning, but beginning here in chapter 3 and verse 17, in this verse and in the following verses, the Lord gave to Moses the message that God had for both Israel and the message that God had for Pharaoh. As I said last night, there's a twofold message that God gave to Moses to give, a message for his people and a message to Pharaoh. Amen. So as we, before we get into it, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just come before you today in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we're thankful for what you've done in this camp meeting. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit that we felt, and we thank you, Lord, for what you've done. And today we ask for your anointing. We ask for your spirit to rest upon us and bless us today during this session. Bless us, Lord, at the 10 o'clock service. Bless us all day long. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. It says in verse 17, I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt into the, unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites unto a land flowing with milk and honey. In a nutshell, that was the message that God said, I want Moses, I want you to give that message to my people, that I will bring them up out of the land of affliction, the land of Egypt. I will. I will bring you out. Hallelujah. I will bring you out. It's encouraging to know, especially when you and I, God's people, right now in 2006, are in affliction. We're going through turmoil, turmoil that God has a promise for us. Just like God promised to his people of old. And that promise is, I will bring you out. Hallelujah. I will bring you out. Just trust me, and I'm going to bring you out. Praise the Lord. I think somebody needs to hear that this morning. Just trust me, and I'm going to bring you out. I won't necessarily bring you out of the, uh, of the physical place where you're at, but spiritually, emotionally, I'm going to bring you out of that thing. Just trust me. And whenever God brings us out of something, out of affliction, he does it that he might bring us in. Hallelujah. He brings us out that he might bring us in. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He brings us out of affliction into that land flowing with milk and honey, into that place of peace, into that place of joy, into that place of rest with him. And really, our life is really a series of of God bringing us out of affliction, out of trial, into his blessing. Back into affliction, Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Back into affliction, back into trial, but out of that affliction and into blessing again. Hallelujah. You see, our life is really a series of God allowing trials and God just increasing the blessing, increasing that victory in our life. Praise the Lord. And so he said 
this as a promise to his people. And you and I can can take this personally. It's a promise to us. God said, I will. Hallelujah. I will do it. I will do what you need me to do because he's God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He goes on to say in verse 18, and in verse 18, he really gives to Moses the message that he wanted to give to Pharaoh. And he says, and they shall hearken to thy voice, and thou shalt come, thou and, thy, thou and the elders of Israel, unto the king of Egypt, and ye shall say unto him, the Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us, and now let us go, we beseech thee, three days journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Now skip over real quick to Exodus chapter 5 and verse 1. Exodus chapter 5 and verse 1, and the Bible says, And afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And the whole idea of a feast there is talking about a sacrifice. The message that God gave to Moses to give to Pharaoh was, Pharaoh, you better let my people go. Hallelujah. And when God tells the devil, devil, let my people go, the devil has no option. I said he has no option. There is no option to what God says. And the Lord said to Moses, this is the message I want you to give to the enemy of God's people, to the resister and the oppressor of God's people. Let my people go. Hallelujah. And I said it uh, uh, Thursday, and I'll say it again, and I believe in these last days that God has given this message to the devil one more time. Hallelujah. Because God's people, there are so many of God's people in bondage, but it's not God's will for God's people to be in bondage. And yes, even though it is true that the majority will not come out, the majority will not listen as they did listen and as they did come out in, a, in the book of Exodus. We're living in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a sense of different scenario, but in the same way, there are a people who will hear his voice. Hallelujah. I'm looking at some people who've heard his voice. There are a people that will hear his voice and they will see God do great things for them and they will come out. Hallelujah. God's delivered a message, I believe, to the devil today. Devil, you better let my people go. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let my people go. Why let my people go? Because the Lord said to Moses, this is what I want you to tell, you, to tell Pharaoh. Let my people go that they may go to a sacrifice. Hallelujah. And that sacrifice is a perfect type. It is a type of the cross of Jesus Christ. It's a type of Jesus Christ and him crucified. You see, I'm coming out of Egypt. I'm coming, I'm out of bondage because I'm going to Calvary. Hallelujah. Every day when I wake up, I'm going to the sacrifice. When when I'm going through my work day, I'm going in my spirit, I'm going to the sacrifice. 
Hallelujah. When I go to sleep at night, in my heart, I'm going to the sacrifice. And when you're going to the sacrifice, there ain't nothing the devil can do that can stop you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When your eyes are on Jesus Christ and his, and his cross, what he did for you at Calvary, the finished work of Calvary. I tell you, the devil, oh, yes, he's going to fight. We're going to deal with that this morning. Pharaoh's going to fight. He's going to resist. He's going he's to give you counterfeits. He's going to give you opportunities to compromise. He's going to allow you to, uh, uh, you, you'll get, you might get, or you will get anguish of spirit. You'll get weary at times, but if you keep your eyes on Jesus, hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, if you keep looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, there ain't nothing, I said there ain't nothing that Pharaoh can do that can keep you out of God's blessing, that can keep you out of that land of promise. I said there ain't nothing he can do. You're going in. You're coming out, and you're going in. Hallelujah. It's a promise. My Lord, hallelujah. It's a promise. You're coming out, and you're going in because you got your eyes on the sacrifice. Your heart is for the sacrifice. I'm going to the sacrifice. Hallelujah. He said, I want you to tell Pharaoh, we're going to the sacrifice. Devil, I'm going to Calvary. Hallelujah. I got my eyes on Jesus, and I ain't going to get my eyes off of him. Hallelujah. Like I said yesterday, the church needs to get a grip. Oh, get a grip on Jesus, and don't let him go. Get a grip on him, and don't let him go. Somebody asks you where you're going. You tell them, I'm going to the sacrifice. Hallelujah. I'm going to Jesus. I'm going to what he did for me at Calvary. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And as I mentioned last night, you know, the, the, when the Lord delivered or Moses delivered this message to Pharaoh and really delivered the same message, of course, to the children of Israel, the Israelites were excited. They accepted this word. They believed it. They rejoiced. They worshiped. They began to get their bags packed, most likely. They began to get ready to go. But I'm just, just, I'm just filling in the blanks here, filling in the lines here. It's just a possibility that as the Israelites, the children of uh, the, the Hebrew children, were getting their bags packed, getting ready to go, the, the Egyptians said, where are you going? The Hebrew children said, we're going to a sacrifice. Hallelujah. We're leaving this joint. We're leaving this house. We've been here too long. We're leaving. Our, and our God has, uh, has, has appeared to us. Our God has showed up, and we're leaving. Hallelujah. We're leaving this house of bondage. Egyptian might have said, well, you can't leave. What are you talking about leaving? What are you talking about getting out of bondage? What are you talking about getting out of here? You can't leave. All you know how to do is make brick. That's all you know how to do. 
is make brick. Make the devil's bricks. See, many of you, before you got saved, that's all you did. That's all you did. I say many of you, all of us, before, before we got saved, that's really what we did. We just made the devil's bricks. But you see, after we got saved, because we didn't know the right message, because we didn't know that sanctification comes through the cross as well, that my victory over sin as a believer comes through the cross as well, that, that the cross not only saves me, it not only makes me pure initially, but the cross keeps me pure. The cross keeps me in victory. And because we didn't know that, we went right into man's law. And when you come under law, watch out, because you're going back into Egypt. Oh, you're still saved. You're still, God. You're still a child of God. But you'll find yourself in bondage once again. You'll find yourself making the devil's bricks once again. But as I said last night, I'll say it again. God didn't create you to make the devil's bricks. Hallelujah Hallelujah is right. I said God didn't create you. God, as, as his child, he didn't create you to make his bricks. Hallelujah. He didn't create, God didn't create his children to pour money into the casinos, to pour money into internet, por- internet pornography. He didn't create his people to be full of that junk, full of that filth. He didn't create his people to have a long tongue. He didn't create his people to be full of bitterness and full of unforgiveness. He didn't, he didn't create, God didn't create you to have unrest in your spirit, unrest in your mind, so, so, so that, so that you, you feel like you're, you're gonna go insane. He didn't create you for that. He didn't create you for that. He created you to be free. Hallelujah. I said he made us to be free through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Free, free, free. Living in that large land. Living in that good land. Flowing with milk and honey. Oh, yeah, there'll be devils that cross our path. But we have the victory through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I said we got the victory through Christ. And as I said last night, I don't know if I should have said it, but I'm just going to say it again. That Egyptian said, where are you going? You, just, you can't go to the sacrifice. All you know how to do is make bricks. And those Israelites, they might have said, I don't know for sure, but they might have said, you know what, Pharaoh, you know what, Egypt, you can take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Hallelujah. God didn't create me to be in bondage. Devil, you can take this bondage. Take it. I'm free in Jesus' name. I'm free through the cross. Hallelujah. I have been crucified with Christ. The old man has been crucified. Behold, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, and I'm free through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's God's plan of victory for his people. Hallelujah. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. My Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! Every day you can say that and claim it and know it by faith. I've been crucified with Christ. 
Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but it's Christ that lives within me. And the life that I now live right now, today, November 25th, 2006, I live by faith. I don't live by man's laws. I don't live by self-made standards. I don't live by that stuff. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me in Calvary. My Lord, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If that don't get you excited, nothing will. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's God's plan of victory. Praise the Lord. And that's, and, and, and understand this, that's what's going forth. You get that? That message is going forth. I said that message is going forth. And people are being set free. Praise the Lord. But may God, may God raise up more laborers who will preach the, I said, the message of deliverance to God's people. Jesus said, pray ye the Lord of the harvest, that he would send out laborers into the fields. Pray that the Lord would raise up people, men and women, that would bring the message, the message of deliverance to God's people, Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. As Lauren mentioned, I believe yesterday morning in the, in the 10 o'clock service, Christ with him crucified needs to be more than just some mantra. We say. It needs to be more than just words that come out of our mouth. It needs to be something that we are experiencing in our life. It needs to be more than just theology. It needs to be practiced. And that is done just simply by faith. Hallelujah. And Peter said that we are growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There ain't ain't a perfect one among us. But we, I I can say this, we are a work in progress. And God's working on us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But get this now. He ain't working on us. He ain't working on the inside through therapy. He ain't working on the inside through 40 days of purpose. He ain't working. He ain't changing us in the image of Jesus Christ through man-made laws. He is changing us through what he did for us at Calvary. It's enough. I said it's enough. Hallelujah. It's enough. It's all I need. I know I'm preaching this morning, but that's all, that's all we need. Calvary. That's all I need. It's all I need to get saved. It's all I need to get sanctified. To have victory over sin, it's all I need for me to be a good husband to my wife. The Holy Spirit will work. He works through the cross to make me what he wants me to be. And so he said to give this message to Pharaoh, we're going to the sacrifice. Hallelujah. Where are you going today? I'm going to the sacrifice. Praise the Lord. The next verse in verse 19, if you're there in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 19, if you're there, say amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 19. Notice what the Lord said here. He said, and I am sure, this is God speaking to Moses, and I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not even by a mighty hand. 
Let me tell you something, Moses. I've just just gave you really a a tremendous message, the message that I'm going to deliver my people. I gave you the message that you're to speak to Pharaoh, the enemy, the resistor, the, the oppressor of God's people. But let me tell you something, Moses. It ain't going to be easy. Because that oppressor, that fat Pharaoh is going to resist you. And God said he won't let you go. No, 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 no. No, not even by a mighty hand he won't let you go. But in the next several verses, God said here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to show my might and I'm going to show my power and Pharaoh will let you go. It's going to happen. You get that? It's going to happen. I said it's going to happen because God said I will. And so it's going to happen. But he gave a promise here, and it's, as well a promise that he said that, that Pharaoh's not, it ain't going to be easy. Pharaoh's not going to let you go. Easy. And understand this this morning, that even though God's given us a promise, and even though God has provided for us, in reality, everything we need in Calvary, in the cross, everything is not going to be easy. Everything's not going to be just happy, happy, joy, joy. But there will be trials. Like I said earlier, there will be afflictions. There will be temptations. There will be, there will be times of weakness. And in this passage, in the, in, the, in the exodus out of Egypt, in reality, the Lord gave us a pattern here. Because in the exodus, we see basically five ways Five ways in which the enemy tried to stop God's people from coming out of Egypt and going into the land of promise. You get that? If you're taking notes, you can take it that way. Five ways we see here that the enemy tried to stop God's people from being, a deli- from being delivered. And in this we see a pattern again. The Old Testament is full of patterns, examples for us living right now. And God gave us a pattern in the exodus of God's people. Go to Exodus chapter 5 and verse 2. This is number one, the first way we see in the exodus that God tried to stop God's people from going out. Exodus chapter 5 and verse 2, and it says, And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go go. Who is this God? Go to Exodus chapter 7, verse 14. Exodus chapter 7 and verse 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened, and he refuseth to let the people go. Pharaoh, or Moses came to Pharaoh. He gave the message that God told him to give. uh, Pharaoh, let my people go because we're going to the sacrifice. Pharaoh said, what in the world are you talking about? Who is this Lord? I don't know him, and neither will I let you go. And God said again in Exodus 7, 14, Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he would not let him go. Number one, as we see a pattern here in 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 the Exodus, is that hardened hearts will try to stop you. You get that? Hardened hearts will try to stop you from going into the place where God wants you to be in Christ. Hallelujah. I said hardened hearts will try to stop God's people 
from going to the sacrifice, from coming out that they might go in. Harden hearts that say, what is this cross stuff? Hardened hearts that say, I don't need that stuff. What is that? I don't know what you're talking about. You don't need that. You need, you need this. You need, the, you need, more, th- you, you, you need more therapy. You need, you need Pastor so-and-so's plan. You need to go to Pastor so-and-so's church and, again, follow his, his plan. What is, what is this? What is, what is this? cross stuff. What is this way, this new way? You see, hardened hearts would try to stop God's people in general and individually as well from going to the place where God has you. I asked you this morning, have you had any hardened hearts try to stop you? Now understand this, and I thank the Lord for this, that God can soften hardened hearts. And maybe some of you here this morning had a hard heart at one time. You, you had misunderstandings about this message of deliverance, the cross of Jesus Christ. When you first heard it, you were like Peter in Acts chapter 10, when God gave the, the vision of the, sh- the sheet with the, the common animals on it, and God let it down, and God was revealing to Peter that God had given salvation to the Gentiles as well. And what did Peter say? Peter said, oh, 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 not me, Lord. I've never eaten anything common or unclean. I ain't going to touch that stuff. But what did God do? Peter sent, it, sent the vision down. It, the sheet came down again. Peter said again, I, no, oh, oh, not me, Lord. See, what was Peter doing? Peter was really resisting what God was saying to him. Now, he didn't understand, but at the same time, he was resisting. Some of you might have done the same thing, but thank God he can, heart, he can soften hardened hearts. Thank God he can do that. But at the same time, though, that doesn't, that doesn't uh, uh, neglect the fact that there will be people who are hard of heart who will try to stop you. I said there are people who are hard of heart and in the name of God will try to stop you. Hmm. Pharaoh hardened his heart, and God said that he refuses to let God's people go. Number two is greater oppression. Greater oppression, greater attack. Go to Exodus chapter 5, verses 6 through 9. Exodus chapter 5, verses 6 through 9. And it says, and Pharaoh commanded the same day the taskmasters of the people and their officers saying, ye shall no more give the people straw to make brick as heretofore. Let them go and gather straw for themselves and the tail of the bricks which they did make heretofore. Ye shall lay upon them. Ye shall not diminish aught thereof, for they are idle. Therefore they cry, saying, let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let there be more work be laid upon them, be laid upon the men, that they may labor therein, and let them not regard vain words. You see, when you're going to the sacrifice, and when you're hungry for Jesus Christ, when you want to know 
when you want to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, you can expect the devil to work overtime. Do you hear me this morning? I said you can expect the enemy to work overtime. You can expect him to increase the attack. Just like Pharaoh. He said they are idle. Look at the reason here in this passage why he, why he did what he did, why he increased the load, why he increased the oppression, why he increased the attack. Look at it in verse 8. He said, ye shall lay upon them the men, ye shall not diminish aught thereof. For what? For they are idle. They are idle. I looked up that word idle the Hebrew dictionary, and that, that word idle means to, it literally means to, to drop off. To drop off. In other words, to drop something off. To drop a burden off. <laughs> it also means to rest. To relax. Pharaoh said, these Hebrew children, they're resting. They're relaxing. They've dropped off their burdens. And I don't like it. You see, the devil doesn't like it when God's people are resting, are relaxing in Jesus. When God's people have dropped off their burdens. When they've laid their burdens at Calvary. Hallelujah. When they've laid their oppression, when they've laid their bondage at Calvary. You can expect the devil to work overtime. Because the devil, the enemy of your soul, doesn't want to see you idle, doesn't want to see you resting in Christ. He said, I'm going to increase, I'm going to increase my attack, increase my oppression, increase the burden, because they're resting. Notice this as well. Another reason why he said that why he increased the attack was because at the end of verse 8, therefore they cry, saying, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord our God. You see, they're, 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 they, keep on, they keep on saying that they want Jesus. They want the cross. That they're hungry for Jesus Christ and him crucified. They want all that God has for them through what Jesus did at Calvary. And I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. I'm going to increase the load. I'm going to increase the attack. Hmm. You see, God set for us a pattern here. You get this? Has, ha, have you ever felt the enemy of your soul increasing the attack? You see, the enemy does that. The enemy does that to ultimately stop your faith in the Lord. To stop your faith. That leads us to the third, the third way that we see the enemy tries to Stop God's people from coming, from coming out that they might go in. Exodus chapter 6 and verse 9. And when you're there, say amen. The third thing is anguish of spirit. Anguish of spirit. Exodus 6 and verse 9. And Moses spake unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses. For what? Anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. You see, the, 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 the children of Israel, they were all excited. And we haven't read the passage, but when Moses came to them initially and said, God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared. And he said, I'm going to bring my people out of Egypt. 
Hallelujah. And I'm going to bring you into the land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to bring you out of this house of bondage. You know what the children of Israel did? They believed. And praise God. They hearkened to the voice of Moses. They believed. The Bible says that they fell down and they began to worship God. My Lord. They fell down and they began to worship God. They began to rejoice. Oh, thank you, Lord, for victory has come. Oh, thank you, Lord, for deliverance has come to God's people. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Victory's come. You leave the camp meeting. You go back to your place. You're all excited because victory's come. Hallelujah. Oh, God bless me in camp meeting. My Lord. Oh, did God do something good in me in camp meeting? But then a situation comes. And all of a sudden, anguish of spirit begins to set in. You know what anguish of spirit literally means in the Hebrew? It means shortness of breath. Anguish of, anguish of spirit literally in the Hebrew it means shortness of breath. You ever had shortness of breath in the physical? Shortness of breath. When you have shortness of breath, you, you, it really it paralyzes you. You can't move because you're, 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 you're gasping for air. You're just, you, you're just trying to get the air in there. And you feel that nervousness because you got to have air to live. <laughs> you got to have that breath in there, but it's short. And, it, and, and, and you're struggling. Anguish of spirit means shortness of breath. Again, you leave camp, you, got, you get blessed here at camp meeting, you go home. But then when you go back to work, one of your coworkers tells a lie on you. Tells, tells your boss that you did something that you, that you did when you really didn't do it, you actually weren't even there. You get in trouble. And all of a sudden, shortness of breath. Boom! Shortness of breath. Somebody, you go back home and somebody gets on your nerves. <laughs> a situation gets on your nerves and you, you get angry and you act like a fool. <laughs> right after you got blessed in camp meeting. Oh, Jesus. And what? Boom! Shortness of breath. Shortness of breath, it speaks of being discouraged. It speaks of being weary. It speaks of being just weak. You see, after God's people received the promise of God, they were encouraged, they were praising God, they were rejoicing in the Lord. But again, the devil ain't gonna give up. The devil's gonna increase the burden. And many times when you and I, when we go through seasons of adversity, when we sense the, the enemy of our soul increasing the attack, it can cause us to, be, to have anguish of spirit. It can cause us to get weak. It can cause us to get discouraged. Every single one of us have been there. Hello? We've all been there. You might be there. You might be there right now, today. You might have anguish of spirit right now. You might have shortness of breath spiritually right now. And we'll have it again. We'll go through times of weakness again. But understand this 
that the devil's, imper- the, the devil's, the enemy's intention in that time of weakness, in that time of discouragement, in that time of shortness of breath, when he'll hit you over time, is ultimately to destroy the faith that you've got. You see, the Bible says that we are in a struggle of faith, the fight of the faith. And it's hard to fight when you're gasping for air. You get that? It's hard to fight when you're short of breath. It's hard to run the run, the race of faith, when, you're sh- when you have shortness of breath. But understand this this morning. God has got a grip on you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I've told you the last several days, get a grip on God, get a grip on Jesus. But understand this, God's grip on you is a lot stronger than your grip on him. Hallelujah. And when you feel weak, when you get discouraged, even though there, there is no excuse, there's never any excuse for unbelief. There's no excuse for discouragement, for doubting God. There is never an excuse for that. But yet when we go through seasons of pressure, increased pressure, and we do feel weak, we do feel that shortness of breath, understand this, God's promises are still true. And God has got his hand, he's got his grip on you, hallelujah. Again, God's promises are still true, and God said, I will bring you out. Hallelujah. I will bring you out. Keep believing. Keep trusting. Hallelujah. Keep believing. Keep trusting. Keep looking. As I said, God's grip on you is a lot stronger than our grip on God. And I'm running out of time, but I know for myself that I have been through times in my life when I felt like, man, I, I felt like I had just really just let go. You ever felt like that before? Lord, I can't handle it. I just, I just, oh my Lord, just, I just, I just, just let go. I don't, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to do nothing. I just want to get away. I just, I just, 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 ugh. <laughs> I just let go. And not necessarily let go and let God. I just let go. I just want to get away, escape it all. But even when you let go, and again, it's not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm definitely not encouraging that, okay? But even when you do, God has got his grip on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, praise the Lord is right. Hallelujah. God has a grip on you. I said God's got his hand on you. Praise the Lord. You are God's child. You're not the devil's child anymore. You're God's child. You are his possession. He's got his name written all over you. Hallelujah. You have his DNA flowing through your veins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've got his bloodline flowing through you. And he will do everything within his power to bring you out. Hallelujah. And praise the Lord, by the grace of God, you're not going under. You're coming over. You're an overcomer in Jesus. And you're going in. Praise the Lord. So anguish of spirit. Number four, the fourth thing, is counterfeit manifestations. Mm-mm. Counterfeit manifestations. Exodus chapter 7 
and verse 11. We'll begin. Exodus 7 and verse 11. Counterfeit manifestations. It says in Exodus 7 and verse 11, Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, and now the magicians of Egypt, and they also did in like manner when there, with their enchantments. This is when Moses threw his rod to the ground, and it became a serpent. And Pharaoh said, magicians, won't you throw a rod down? And they did, and, and, and there were also serpents. In this passage, the rod of Moses, the rod of God, that serpent ate up their serpents, but yet there was still a counterfeit. You get that? There was a counterfeit. Go to Exodus 7, verse 22. <clears throat> Exodus 7, verse 22. It says, and the magicians of Egypt, Egypt did so with their enchantments. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, neither did he hearken unto them, as the Lord God had said. You see, in this, in this plague, the Nile River became blood. The water became blood, and Pharaoh had his magicians come in, and they turned water into blood too. You see, they gave a counterfeit to the miracle of God. Exodus chapter 8, Exodus 8 and verse 7. And the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. Now, God, now, now Pharaoh's Magicians did not counterfeit, in reality could not counterfeit every plague or every miracle of God. But they did, to a certain extent, bring counterfeits. You see, the devil hasn't changed his tactics. There is nothing new underneath the sun. The devil is still offering counterfeits to God's people. That which looks like peace, sounds like peace, has the label of peace on it, but it ain't real peace. It says it's victory. It looks like victory. There's even a few people that have a testimony that say it's victory, but it ain't victory. It says it's good, looks good, seems good, but it ain't good. I understand this, that everything that looks like a duck, walks like a duck, acts like a duck, is not a duck. You see, the devil will offer counterfeits to God's people, and that is what's happening today. I said, that's what's happening today. The devil has offered counterfeits to God's people. The purpose-driven life thing is a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit, I said. Oh, it, it has some good things set in it, but ultimately, it's a counterfeit. Why, 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 why? It's because... It's not gone through the cross. Hallelujah. I said it's not coming through the cross. And anything that doesn't go through Calvary is a counterfeit. Hallelujah. I said anything that doesn't go through Calvary is a counterfeit. The devil will offer you counterfeits to the promise that God's given to you. He'll offer you counterfeits. It looks good. Acts good. Walks good. Seems good. But it ain't right. And not, get this now, just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. Right. Just because it looks good on the outside doesn't mean it's God. 
God said to Adam and Eve, or Adam in particular, Adam and Eve, he said, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Understand this, even the good was evil. And that which looks good, if it doesn't go through Calvary, it is evil at its very core, and it will bring God's curse upon you. Stay away from it. Stay away from even the good side. It's got to go through Calvary. Hallelujah. It's got to go through Calvary. So the devil will offer God's people counterfeits. Number five, the last one is compromise. Compromise. Exodus chapter 8 and verse 28. We'll begin here. Exodus chapter 8 and verse 28. And it says, and this was the fourth plague, the swarm of the flies. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go. Whoa, that's pretty good. Thank you, Lord. He said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Stop right there. Hallelujah, victory's come. Praise the Lord. Pharaoh said, he's gonna, Pharaoh's going to let us go. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh-oh. Only ye shall not go very far and treat for me. You can go, but you can only go so far. You see, this is one of the main ways that the devil will try to stop God's people today. This is one of the main ways he is stopping God's people. In reality, it's the doctrine of Balaam. From the church of Pergamum, it's described in Revelation chapter 2, the church of Pergamus, the doctrine of Balaam. The doctrine of Balaam is compromise for the means of personal gain. Peter said that, that Balaam loved the wages of unrighteousness. You see, there are so many in this world, in the, in the church world today, that they like what heresy pays. Come on now. They enjoy the popularity that heresy brings. And I believe that at least some of them, if not most of them, if not many of them, they know what they're saying is wrong. Because you cannot refute the cross scripturally. I said you can't refute it scripturally, and they know they're wrong. I said they know they're wrong. They know better. They know better. But they enjoy they enjoy the wages of unrighteousness. They enjoy, for the mic, what, 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 what heresy pays. I've heard one minister say one time years ago, he said, I can see money in every scripture of the Bible. I can see money in every scripture of the Bible. When he was talking, I, I, I just, uh, it's just me, maybe, I, I, I could sense it so strong in my spirit that, that, that there was just a seducing spirit just working through him. But could he find money in every scripture of the Bible? Actually, he could. <laughs> Not because he's interpreting it correctly, but because he's looking at it wrongly. And when the focus of your faith is money, You'll, you'll find money everywhere you go. I, I, I heard that same minister, again, preach from Romans chapter 6. And you know what he got out of Romans chapter 6? Money. 
I said he got Roman, out of Romans chapter 6, he got money. Now, how in the world do you get money cometh out of Romans chapter 6? I don't know. Well, really, I do know. Because it's compromise. And compromise will, will, will breed compromise. I said compromise breeds compromise. You give up a little and watch out because the devil will take a lot. So many today have, have bought into that doctrine of Balaam, compromise for the purpose of personal gain. And that is one of the main tactics the devil will use to try to stop God's people from going into that land of flowing with milk and honey, Jesus Christ and him crucified. He'll offer compromises. You could go, you could go, but only go so far. It goes on in, in Exodus chapter 10. Look at Exodus 10. Chapter 10 and verse 8. We'll read verses 8 and 10 here. Chapter 10 and verse 8. This is the eighth plague, the, the swarm of locusts. And, and Mo, verse 8. And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh, and he said unto them, Go serve the Lord your God, but who are they that will go? Now look at verse 10. And he said unto them, Let the Lord be with you, as I will let you go, and your little ones look to it, for evil is with you. Verse, verse 11, Not so, go, go now ye that are men. We'll stop right there. What, Moses, what Pharaoh was saying here was that you can go, you can go, but only your men can go. Your children, your wives, and your flocks have got to stay here. Only your men can go. You see, there are people today trying to mix the cross with their false doctrine. But as Donnie read in A.W. Tozer's statement, the cross, you cannot mix the cross with false doctrine and it still be the cross. The cross eliminates does away the true cross. Says all those things or anything else that is not of the cross is error, it's false. That's what the true cross says. The true cross has no compromises. It's the truth. And the truth is the way it really is. No additions, no subtractions. It's just the way it really is. Have you ever told somebody, let me tell you the way it really is. What you were saying is, I'm going to tell you the truth. No additions, no subtractions. I'm going to tell you the way it really happened. What well, Jesus Christ and him crucified is the truth. It's the way it really is in the eyes of God. But man will add his little additions to it, his laws to it. But you add man's laws to Calvary and you eliminate Calvary. You eliminate the power of Calvary, the power of the cross. It goes on here, and he, comp he compromises again. Exodus chapter 10 and verse 24. Exodus 10 and verse 24. And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be stayed, and let your little ones also go with you. Stop right there for a moment. He, Pharaoh said, oh, this, and this was the, this is really the, the, the ninth plague here, the the three days of thick darkness, and Moses, or Pharaoh, had gotten to a point of almost complete exhaustion in his spirit. Couldn't take it no more. And he said, okay, 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 you can go now. You can go, even your little children can go. 
But, but, but your, your, your herds can't go. Your animals have got to stay here. You see, even when it seems like the devil is defeated, he'll still offer you some compromise. My Lord, even when it seems, even when it seems like you're in the promised land, like you're right there, you received your promise, the devil hasn't given up yet. He's still going to offer you some compromise. You can go, but, 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 but leave your herds here. And look at what Moses said. Boy, this is one of the most powerful two verses in all the Bible. And Moses said, thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Verse 26, our cattle also shall go with us, and there shall not an hoof be left behind. Hallelujah. Pharaoh, we're going, and that's it, and not a hoof is going to be left behind. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Devil, I'm not, I'm not accepting partial victory. I'm not accepting a part of the promise, a part of the cross. I want the whole thing, and devil, I'm going to get the whole thing. I've got the whole thing. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can't, allow, you can't let me, you can't just let me have half of it. I got all of it. Hallelujah. Not one hoof shall be left behind. We're going and every single one of us are going. Every single one of us, every single part of my being is accepting Calvary, accepting the cross of Christ. No reserves, no reservations, none, none whatsoever. I'm going in all the way. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going in all the way. I said I'm going in all the way. Or oh, the devil will try to compromise you, compromise off your compromise and, and, and try to keep part of you back. But you can tell the devil this morning, devil, I'm going in all the way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am all the way crucified with Christ. I am all the way living now in Jesus. All the way. Not one hoof shall be left behind. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Is that your heart today? Yes. Is that your heart today? Hallelujah. That I'm going all the way with Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going all with Jesus just the same. Yes, I'm going all with Jesus just the same. You may false accuse me and scandalize my name. But I'm going on with Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going on with Jesus. I'm going to a sacrifice. I'm going to Calvary. And the devil cannot hold me back. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm going all the way and not, one, not, not, not a single member of my family is going to be left behind. Hallelujah, I'm going to bring myself, and as Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. You can, uh, ladies, if you've got a rascal for a husband, claim your husband in Jesus' name and say, devil, I'm going in, and my husband's going in. Hallelujah, my son, my daughter is going in. You pastors. Devil, I'm going in, and my congregation's going in. Hallelujah. Not, single, not one single one shall be left behind. And if they're left behind, it's their fault. It's their fault. I'm going in. Hallelujah. 
My God, my God, that's a blessing. Hallelujah. I'm going in. I'm going into the promised land, and the devil can't hold me back. Oh, hallelujah. My Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. To make it short, we only got two minutes. God sent the last plague, death. 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 Man cannot stop death. He cannot stop death. In reality, the death angel passed over. He passed over the whole land of Egypt. You get that? He passed over the whole land of Egypt. Every firstborn child, every firstborn animal was going to die. Firstborn male was going to die. Because man cannot stop death. And this is what God said to Israel, said to Moses, Moses, I want you to tell my people, get a lamb for every household. Hallelujah. Is there a lamb in your household? I said, do you got a lamb in your household? Do you got a lamb in your heart? Hallelujah. He said in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 2, he said, this shall be the beginning of months for you. I'm going to give you a brand new beginning. You slay a lamb. You put the blood of that lamb upon the, the doorpost. My Lord, hallelujah. Put it upon, spiritually speaking, the blood is on your mind. It's upon your spirit. It's upon your body. Hallelujah, the blood is on you. And God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Hallelujah. You see, that's the true Passover. When God sees the blood, I'll pass over you. Hallelujah. And victory came to the people of God because the people of God obeyed the Lord. They took that lamb. They killed it. They put the blood upon the door, lintel of their house. And the death angel could not, pass, could not, could not come into that house. Death came to Egypt, but death did not come to God's people. Hallelujah. And I declare just by God's word that death shall not come to you. Death shall, you shall not die, but you shall live in the name of Jesus through what Christ did at Calvary. You shall not die, but you shall live, and you shall have what God has for you. All because of the blood. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We got a lamb in our house. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand to our feet right now. Praise the Lord. This is good. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the promises of your word. We thank you, Jesus, that, Lord, there is a lamb in this house today. Oh, and he has been slain, and his blood is upon us. Hallelujah. And, Lord, through your blood, we've come out of Egypt, and we've come into God's land of promise. And, Lord, we thank you right now for that. And, Lord, if anyone here has come to camp meeting and they're experiencing bondages in their life. I pray that, God, you would encourage them, strengthen them, Lord, strengthen their faith in this camp meeting, and let them know that, God, the victory has come. Oh, Jesus. And, Lord, we thank you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord.